eyes ain't got shit on me. What up? It's season three and we're keeping it moving. Mr. President, mm -hmm. you will not tell me that you think you could beat Sarah Palin. <laughs> what I'm saying is I don't think about Sarah Palin. <laughs> New name, same thing, and we appreciate all our listeners. So sit back, listen and enjoy. Here's Johnny. It's the Rando Life Podcast. As usual, tick old biddies. Welcome to Rando Life Podcast. We're, uh, I'm not going to say a short podcast because we got all kinds of content. How you doing there, man? Doing great. Doing great. Yep. I'm on Steam right now as I'm talking to you, looking at bullshit I, I can't afford. <laughs> yeah looking at games i'm like oh i can play it on my computer too which doesn't make any sense because i have most of these games on playstation um what's your topic uh you heard about uh chick-fil-a what <laughs> other than their godly chicken <laughs> yeah chick-fil-a is being sued for their lines so so they say what oh, hold up. let me go to a web page and type that in yeah so businesses are starting to complain about chick-fil-a's massive drive-through lines and and i know i know they have hello lines because where i live at i go to one of the chick-fil-a's and it's in in front of a um a post office and a couple other businesses. Yeah. And they have to direct the line and, um, and what, and, and, and is, they say it's, uh, hurting businesses. Wait, who? Oh, okay. That's, that was going to be my next question. So they're blocking the lines of other businesses. Yeah. 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 So they got sued, but you know, it's, I mean, it's gotta be hurtful. Cause that's the other thing. Every time I drive at nighttime, the only restaurant I see booming is Chick Fil A. That's the only restaurant that is booming. If you look at any other restaurants, there's a couple of people out in the front. If you pass by, um, if you pass by McDonald's, there's a few people. There's not that many people, you know. So, so they're the only ones that's booming. Even when it was open on the inside, they were booming. So it's got to be hurtful for a business to be able to look. Well, inside the business, nobody's in it. So they don't have no traffic inside the business. Then when you look out the window, <laughs> nobody's in your parking spot. <laughs> but the people that pull up, you think, oh, shit, we're going to get some business. And they're going to Chick-fil-A, you know, so they're just going. <laughs> so they're going through your parking lot and they're going to Chick-fil-A. It's like booming all fucking day, man. I just don't understand why businesses are not catching on to this shit. Like, why why they can't why we can't do anything? But anyway, they got they got so uh, they got sued by three businesses in 2020. But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. They their businesses their business Chick Fil A would not be doing this if it wasn't for COVID, because then you can park and go in, right? Right. But. COVID is, they don't serve people inside anymore. 
So they, they got to wrap the, the, the line around a building. I'm pretty sure you noticed that because that's, that's, that's like two of your favorite places. Number one is strip club, right? Number two is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so and if they serve chicken in a strip club, your ass would never leave. But other than that, man, you see how they changed the line, right? Like the line used to be like a McDonald's line, but COVID took over. They split them. I've seen them split into three lines. That's crazy, bro. Crazy. And all the other businesses that are they're bitching and complaining, I'm not even sure if they would get that business. If they would get that that you get what I'm saying? Because people aren't going to the stores anymore. They're trying to order everything online. Yeah, it's changing. The dynamics changing so fast. Yeah, bro. Yeah, with technology and this I think this this virus like it sped everything up. Yeah, sped the process. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But you, uh, I'm curious. Can you order Chick Fil A on something like a um, a food takeout app? Like a what's that? And it's probably it's probably the easiest probably one to order on DoorDash because I'm sure the people who go to go pick it up have an easier time getting the food than going to other places. So probably people order probably Chick-fil-A more on, on that than they do any other restaurant probably as well. I'm curious how that works though. If you're a DoorDash person, do you you don't have to get in line. You just drive and park and then just walk up to the thing, right? Yeah, I think I think now most restaurants they kinda let a person up front, you know, because they already done called the order in. But I know some restaurants still don't do call in order so if you don't do a call in order i think you still gotta i think the person still gotta wait in line i haven't did DoorDash. i see it at my job people doing it i just can't justify to me it's lazy just get in your damn car and go get something to eat i mean i don't know but <laughs> but but some people order that shit all day and they have to pay those fees they're paying like you know if a meal costs ten dollars they're paying like 14 15 dollars and then no, you have to tip no. the person. And then I saw this. Uh, I saw this video on uh, YouTube where this guy. It was over in India or somewhere like that. So he was on a little motor motor pad uh, pad or whatever, a little motorcycle thing. And um, he was delivering food. It looked like he was delivering Chinese food. And so he took the food and he was eating the rice. It was a like a, a <laughs> container of rice. So he took the he took the uh, fork and smoothed the rice back down, you know, because the rice has a little a little um, a little mound on it. He ate the mound part of the rice and smoothed it back out and then put the cover back on there. And then uh, I think he ate something else and drunk a little bit of the drink and then delivered it. So that that's my thing. Like, I mean, and then people driving nasty cars and shit. You know, it's ugh. I order that shit all the time. I'm not gonna lie. Like, if, <laughs> if I'm sitting there, if I work, like, if I'm at work and I'm, you know, it's been a crazy day, I'll, I'll order do that in a minute. But you do have a point. You do have a point. It, I, just, I don't know, man. It, it, getting back to Chick-fil-A, that's just a business that's just well ran, man. It, it's hard to, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to compete like that. But you do know, you got to, like, when you apply for a Chick-fil-A franchise, you know how far they go, right? 
Yeah, they're they're the mafia when when you applied. Like they're only five thousand dollars to get one, and it's it's uh, blocked off from the public, so yeah. they don't even record. Like nobody knows how much they make. Right. They Chick Fil A do might make more than Jeff Bezos. Nobody will ever <laughs> know because with the whole religion that they tie it to, like nobody's nobody's thinking business all the way through because really how they do it is I think you you pay five thousand dollars, but they vet you and they vet your whole family. Yep, they vet your family. They vet your pastor. They vet they they go through man. They yeah. go, they vet your wife. Everything, yeah, everything, they, and if there's any blemish, because I had a buddy that tried to do it. If there's any blemish on anything, credit checks, or your wife says this is the wrong thing, it's over. You, yeah. you won't get it. Yeah, insane, man. Insane. It's 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 kind of gangster how they do it, and then and then they they uh, they cap you, so you have a restaurant. They cap you. I think that to like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or something a year, and that's it. You can't and you can't own no more and you can't do any other business and you can't do anything right you got to pretty much work that job for the rest of your life and and that is your life that is insane man did you imagine did you imagine that right now owning one and your business well the business that you're leasing essentially from chick-fil-a is bringing in half a million dollars a year easily Mm-hmm. Easy. There's nobody sitting in there. The lines are quick. The business model is perfect. But you can only take home half of that. Yeah. Four taxes. That would piss me off, man. Yeah, and you're paying it to to this guy that nobody knows nothing about. But you know, since you say religion, it's it's gonna be you know, I don't talk about religion, but you can't you people are not gonna say anything. If it wasn't religion, if it wasn't where okay. I got this restaurant, but I only want people I choose to have this business to get this restaurant. So I'm a vet your whole family. But this is not on no religion stuff. I just if I don't like your family, if I don't like this, I'm not going to let you in. And right. imagine if somebody came out with that, man, that wouldn't even. And then you say, OK, well, I'm going to let you in, but I'm going to keep all the money. And you get a little bit portion of it, and you got to do this the your rest of your life. You know, people would well, would be rebelling like crazy. They'd be picking in, and I mean, they'd be doing <laughs> protesting and shit. But with this, nobody gonna say nothing because I guess the <laughs> surface the service is so perfect and the food so perfect. You can't say anything because it's so good. You can't say anything about the people because they're so nice. Exactly. But it is it I know I'm sure I heard it's like a cult too as far as like I don't even want to say cult. I I probably don't even I'll say, say it. I'll say it. Cult. <laughs> I'll say it. But here, here's the thing though. Here's the thing. Like when and we gotta do a whole episode on cancel culture, but when cancel culture was coming after them about their CEO saying something about uh gay marriage or whatever the fuck, we got I gotta do research. They didn't realize that with the cultish type nature, they actually take care of people. Like they offer, they pay part of your college, right? 
Yeah. You join, like if you're just an everyday worker, you do have benefits. There is a benefit to working for Chick-fil-A. There is a reason those those people are happy. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like uh, Disney, right? How many Disney employees you know that, that, that are like, Disney's fucked up? I need to get on the news and say that Disney's fucked up. <laughs> None. Yeah. Because they take care of you. Even if your, your work conditions are bad, you're still getting taken care of. Yeah. So that's the other part, too. I think they're cultish. I'll say it. But at a certain extent, I don't see any Chick-fil-A employees coming out going, this is fucked up. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? But you so, know, that's the thing about a cult too. You can you can be so enwrapped in it that you can't that it, it but it's not bad, but it's not you know, like I I know they I know they do prayer. I know they do a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. they there. Like their culture is so so tight. You know what I'm saying? It's got almost be like military. You get what I'm saying? You know how the military is, how tight they are on you. It's got to be that way working with them. Right, right. Because you can't say anything. You can't do anything. You can't really, because they they vetted you as well to work with them. And you're not, you can't really do anything crazy. You can't have your crazy relatives come by. You know what I'm saying? You got to be precise. Right, right. But they the, do pay uh, you more, and they do, you know. And that's the other part too. Like, yeah, you did. You do bring up a good point. Like, yeah, that's how cults op- operate. After the CEO came out and was like, "I don't want gay marriage," you can tell. I mean, you you can't tell, but they do hire gay employees. So it's a weird, and they give them the same benefits. So it's the it's the weird. Hey, we'll take care of you, even though we don't like you or approve of your lifestyle. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, all I know is the food is fucking good. Yeah. And, I've and yet the people to meet, are nice. And, yes, and it's I, perfect food. Yes. I've yet to meet a person that goes, yeah, we're the Chick-fil-A, man. It was all fucked up. I've never met a person like that. Yeah. You know, and I, and I want to see what the future is for it, too, because it's always some stuff that comes out of stuff. Like, like there's always some type of future sk- so I don't know. I don't, they're so they're so perfect. Bro, it's gonna be a Netflix documentary. It's Tiger gonna be something. It's gonna be something because they're so perfect now. It's like, uh, that's why I'm. That's what. That's what kind of throws me off because it's like nobody else can do it. I mean, the, b- besides religion, nobody can just have a restaurant that is doing great that they take care of their people, that they pay them more and they demand a great service and and they do it. Like all the restaurants now, they're all trying to make a chicken sandwich. Like Popeyes, um Zaxby's, um McDonald's no, got a new chicken sandwich, huh? KFC, when they made theirs it was trash, bro. Yeah. Well, that that's the thing. They're, the restaurants now are coming out with chicken sandwiches because they think that that's what is making the people go there. You know what I'm right. saying? I think that's what they think, that people are going to Chick-fil-A because of the chicken sandwich. So we need to come up with our chicken sandwich that's going to be better <laughs> than their chicken sandwich, and they're going to come to our restaurant. 
But no, that's not why people go there. So why wouldn't they be like, it's not because of the chicken sandwich. It's probably because we got some fucked up people working for us that (laughs) we don't need to have, you know, that people don't feel safe when they come to fucking McDonald's or Burger King and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like homeless people. And, and I love homeless people. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but you see them at McDonald's, right? Right. Have you seen them at Chick-fil-A? No, that's a good point. That's a damn good point. (laughs) Probably because they frying their asses up. Have you seen anybody come in Chick-fil-A crazy? Like no. come in there acting all crazy. Like if you go in McDonald's, you see people come in, they f- acting crazy, fucked up, dressed fucked up. Um, you know what I'm saying? Looking stupid, saying stupid ass shit, talking to themselves. You know, you see some crazy shit being in McDonald's. Have you ever seen anything inside of Chick-fil-A like that? No, that's a good point. That is a good point. So it's weird, man. It's weird. It's like, it's like, like a a bubble around them that out. It just, it's just to me, it's too perfect. But I like it, and I'm gonna keep going to it, and and I'm gonna keep doing it. But ah, oh, man, it's just crazy. I just can't understand why nobody else is like, okay, and and, and rest. They're changing restaurants because now when you go in restaurants, they asking you your name. You notice that? Yep. Yep, they're yeah. asking your name and stuff, and and they still mispronounce your name and still write it in wrong. And <laughs> they're trying to be better customer service, but why can't it be better customer service? Why can't we go to Wendy's and have a perfect experience every time? Why can't we go to McDonald's and have a perfect experience every time? You know what? Because you you're asking that, that question that their CEOs are asking their people. You you basically just laid out a pamphlet. Is what you just said, right? Yeah. Like th- that's the briefing to all the managers. Like, how come we can't provide customer service like Chick Fil A provides theirs? And then you got my ass sitting in the back because I don't like the hug chickens and shit. Like they give <laughs> those chickens hug, love, bro, love. Yeah, it it it's 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 crazy, man. And uh, so yeah, so that's why these people are suing Chick-fil-A and they said that um, they said that there's traffic problems linked to Chick-fil-A's drive throughs across more than 20 states in recent years. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I just, I just don't see a judge going, well, that's not the reason. The judge, I mean, hopefully would think about um, COVID and how it's changed the economy, but government doesn't talk like that. Government doesn't talk. And that brings me to the next topic if we're done. Well, I got a, a, one more thing to say, and then we'll no, talk no, about ahead. the government. So, okay. so uh, it, you know, the people who are suing them, they feel like they can't really sue them. Like they, they're not winning. Like they're not, they said that they're poor and that they can't fight someone like Chick-fil-A. So there's, they're just, they feel like they're expected to cave in and just give them whatever they want. I mean, number one, they're right, right? Yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> number, number two, it doesn't help when you give money towards the enemy. Because I'm yeah. pretty sure they eat at Chick-fil-A too because the food's so damn good. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. And that's why I say, I, 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 <laughs> but, but, 
I'm going to tell you probably the response that Chick-fil-A has, and I'm going to do it in my uh, Denzel voice uh, from uh, training day. <laughs> All right. I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm putting chicken sandwiches on all you bitches. Remember that? <laughs> huh? You think you can do this shit to me? Huh? Businesses in our plaza? You think you can do this shit to Chick-fil-A? You motherfuckers would be selling pebbles in Afghanistan when I finish with you. Welfare program. 23 cents a day. I'm, I'm the top chicken restaurant in this piece. <laughs> you never seen the light of... Who, who the fuck you think you're fucking with? I'm the business police. I run shit here. <laughs> you just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better just walk away. Go and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> Popeyes ain't got shit on me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Shit, I don't fuck. I'm winning anyway. I'm winning. I'm winning any motherfucking way. I can't lose. Yeah, you can sue me, but you can't stop me. Yeah, that's, my, goes, <laughs> that's my <"Bless> Jesus. <laughs> that's my Denzel shit. It's <laughs> going at the beginning of that podcast. Name, come up, respect it. Let's go. Stop playing with my fucking name. So, private sector, public se- sector. What's the difference, man? Tell me, tell me what you think the difference is. Public, private sector. Private, Chick-fil-A. Yep, good guess. <laughs> good, guess. <laughs> good guess. Public sector, what do you think that is? Uh, McDonald's. No, no, I'm talking well, government-wise. Oh, government-wise. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. government-wise, yeah, yeah. So public sector is the government. You got the president, the mayor, Mm-hmm. People who get elected to these positions to serve the public, right? Did you read about the mayor of Colorado City in Texas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, our listeners, this dude put out a damn post on Facebook talking about he wants to hurt feelings. Oh, and then this is taking place during the big freeze. Like, people are literally freezing to death in their homes in Texas. In Texas. Holy shit. 2021, right? But this dude is charged with, he he gets elected as a government official to serve the public. And he gets on Facebook talking about you need to fend for yourself. He's posting this shit. You need to fend for yourself. If you ask for handouts, then you're lazy. All this other shit. We're not a socialist government. Like, if you don't have water, you need to find it. And all this other shit, dude. And he... That's the yeah, crazy part. Did he say something like, if you can't survive, then... then or something. He said something like that. Like, you know, if you're not strong enough to survive or something. Did he say something crazy like that, too? Yeah, if you're not strong enough to survive, it's on you. If you're lazy, we don't, we don't do this. We don't do that. And I'm thinking, bro, look, man... I'm all about, like, individuality, you know, individual responsibility. At the same time, we pay you to at least give a shit. You get what I'm saying? Like, there's a point to where we pay the government to do the thing. And if they don't do the thing, 
then you need to be fired yeah. or not. And point number two, how the hell are you going to run for government, get elected as a government official, and then tell the people to fuck off? That is in, that's insane to me, man. That is insane to me. Government work doesn't pay a lot of money unless you, you know, the president, you get book deals and all this other shit. Or you can sway the economy to help you, you out, you know, the, the crooked shit. But when you're a mayor, a governor, you're supposed to give a shit about the people. You're supposed to, even if you didn't have, his name's Tim Boyd, by the way, real shit bad. Even if you don't, you don't have the means of providing assistance to people who are freezing to death, the constituency that voted you in, you should at least give the appearance that you give a shit. And what he did was just like, what the fuck? And then at the end, he's just like, he, he did another post and he's like, I can't believe my wife got fired and all this other shit. And I'm just like, bro, and he, he talks it up to like cancel culture and all this. And it, I'm like, bro, you, you put that on yourself. You put that on yourself. There's no way in hell. Let's just talk about the private sector in, in the microcosm, right? If you hire a dude to do a thing and he turns around and tells you, after you paid him, after you paid him, he turns around and tells you to fuck off. What, what's going to happen? Like, you have an employee like that. What's going to happen? Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. Exactly. Why does this dude think he's different? Yeah. It's so, there's so many deaths. How, also, let me ask you. So, what was up with the, uh, that was crazy with the guy getting charged like $16,000 and paid it, uh, for his, um, bill, his energy bill in Texas. Oh, you heard about that too? I heard about it. I didn't read about it. I heard about it. Yeah. He got overcharged because I guess like they have it the way they charge is like based on how many people are using it. So if a lot of people are using it, it's going to be cheaper. But if it goes, if, if the grid goes off and it's a small amount of people, then they're charged more. So the people who had electricity in Texas got penalized for it. Right. That's, you know what, actually that happened when I lived in Tennessee, every year they put up Christmas lights, your bill went up and the Christmas lights could be downtown. So what they do is they essentially tax the people who are using electricity more money, which I think is wrong, right? The $16,000 that this dude paid, he couldn't have paid that. There's no way. Number yeah, one, dude, it, it, dude it, <laughs> <laughs> you owe $16,000 a minimum of 15 bucks this month. Yeah, I'll pay that shit. But, I mean, come on, man. How's the... If he paid that, he better go to a judge and go, look, man, how the hell am I going to pay this? How the hell am I on the hook for this? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. I, it's it just so many things that happen with Texas. I saw all the videos and everything and, and people's houses and seedlings falling in. And, and uh, one guy had a um, crate and he was busting wood off the crate and, um, or a pallet and I uh, was busting the wood off the pallet and, and uh, putting it in this fireplace to keep warm. And it's like, it's like, we're not, you know, anything that happens, we're not 
we're not fucking prepared for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, that's another eye opener. You go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, like like you would think that they will have a a, a plan to get in plows and, and, and you know, get like everybody that right there kind of tells everybody needs a um a um generator. You know, and, and now and and I was thinking about it too, like, okay, you have to pay for a generator and you gotta put gas in it, which is old school. But the technology now we can just have solar. Like, why wouldn't everybody have a solar panel in the back of the yard that that can light their that can run their house for three, four, five days right. if power went out? Right. You have to store the energy, which is a battery. Which in Texas, it, it, it's weird, man. It, how the United States isn't really united, right? Like you, you have power and energy regulations for every section of the united states so the northeast is totally different from the southeast yeah like i said man the the northeast is totally different regulation wise from like the the southwest and texas is mainly oil right so there is no incentive or they make it more expensive to go with a generator and or a battery to store the energy and now you have the people suffering and I'm not saying I'm not saying one is better than the other. I think it should be like a mixed solution, wherever that you know. But at some point, you got to take care of your people. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's crazy that we have so many resources, so much technology, but just the basics. We can't we can't fight the basics, you know. Right. So anything that happens to us, you know, COVID happened. A lot of stuff. Anything that happens, we we're not really prepared because we can't do the basics. Right. It's the other side, man. It's like, we don't, are we exceptional at anything except making money? No, we're not. We're not. We had half a million people die of COVID. We yeah. have people who are freezing to death in Texas in 2021. Yeah. Like, dang, well, man. You got people who are homeless. You got people who can't eat. I don't I don't understand the whole you know this uh they said that if um if they put a if everybody had a garden a small yeah. garden in their backyard or if every building had a garden a building with a garden on top of it like a skyscraper or something like that you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that if they had that there would be no more people starving yeah it should be except that it in some cities, they tax you for it for having a garden. It's like what? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's like we 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 put everything into we put everything into money, and not only that, immediate money. And this is both private and public. If the mm-hmm. private if the private sector can make money off of it, cutting corners and telling people they will. If the public sector can make money off of it through tax dollars, they will. Instead of for the people, for the people, man. It, one thing it showed me, this COVID thing has shown me, and this, this this Texas thing has shown me, we're one disaster away from like being totally not the United States anymore. Yeah, of mm-hmm. being something crazy. Yeah, I mean, it can be, and, and the thing is, it can go, you can see it, it can go so fast. Like if they yep. took the, if, if the power went out, that would, that would be, that would be like, if it went out for like 
three, four, five weeks, what will happen? And there was a show about that too. It was on uh, Hulu where one day all the power went out, and um, and and then they went through a state of panic, and then they, after a while they started going back to the old school way of living, right? And then mm-hmm. you know, like in the show, they had swords and horses and stuff. They had to kind of revert back. You know, it's the same thing with like Walking Dead. There's no power like that. You know, not not like they need. And there's no more uh, factories to build stuff and do stuff like that. So they have to go a different way to do stuff now. Right, right, right. And and if they were thinking, they would push some of that stuff now. Like, yeah, you need to have a garden. Yeah, you need to have some kind of alternative power. Instead of making it expensive for the consumer, mm-hmm. they make it damn near impossible for you to look out for yourself. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy, bro. And this mayor, man, I tell you what, if I had a relative that froze to death or died because of what he said, it'd be all, man. Seriously. Yeah. Like, come on, man. I don't expect you to have all the answers, but you can put out a better response than this, especially when you're the leader. Bullets. No. You all right, man? Yeah. <laughs> Apologize. Apologize to that man. Okay, so I was gonna I was gonna tell you this. So I was watching the fight Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. And um it was Curtis Blades. Uh, against um, Derek Lewis, uh, the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, right? You seen that? I know you probably seen the highlights where he uppercuts them and he no, damn near knocks him dead, huh? Let me look. What's his name again? Uh, Derek Lewis versus Curtis Blades. He not he knocked the dog snot out of him. I mean, it was it was. It was it was wild. I like Derek Derek Lewis. That's one of my favorite fighters. So, and um, so I'm watching, and I'm cleaning my house, and I'm relaxing. You know, and it's a good night of fights. They have like thirteen fights, twelve or thirteen fights, and uh, so everybody's in there fighting. And and so I'm watching it, and this um, interlude comes in. And it's a, a, a fighter named Michael Chandler, right? And he is a mm. champion. He was a champion in Bellator, which is like UFC's. It's they're trying to compete with UFC. It's a different. It's a different organization. So um, he was a champion over there for a long time, and then he can't. He just recently got to the UFC. Came to the UFC. So they've been trying to boost them and promote them and everything. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the interlude. You know, it's like a little, you know, you start playing the music. It's like a little five minute thing. Right. So I'm thinking they're going to talk about a fight that he's going to have or something like that. Because I wasn't really paying attention to the TV then because I was cleaning till the next fight comes on. And it was all dramatic. And and, um, and I'm going to tell you where to go look at that, too. Um so if you go to the uppercut? Yeah, did you see the uppercut? Yeah. <laughs> so, so so yeah, so 
so did you, okay look up michael chandler on in youtube just go to michael chandler and look up him that's the guy i'm talking about he's a he's a um a white fighter and I and I say Michael that for Chandler. a reason in the future, huh? Michael Chandler. And I say I say he's a white fighter because I'm. It's gonna all tie into what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> you see him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's how it starts off. I would play the video, but you know we get sued playing UFC video. So it starts <laughs> off. And you can you can actually go look at the video yourself. Um, th- it's not on YouTube. I didn't see it on YouTube. But if you go to um, if you go to Google and you put in the UFC facing backlash for airing, that's all you have to put that that actual sentence in. You'll see it facing backlash for airing. Black History Month. Yeah, so let me let me let me finish what happened. So, okay. So, so it starts off. He's sitting down, and he's like, "This is I I I brought it out." What he says, he says, "I live in Nashville, Tennessee, with my beautiful wife and my beautiful son. We adopted him black. about yeah, <laughs> don't go, yeah, don't spoil for the people." <laughs> so, no, no, I didn't so, even read it. I just knew by the way he said it. I knew where it was going. But go ahead. So yeah. <laughs> So, so I live, I live in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee with my beautiful wife and my beautiful son. We adopted him about three years ago and he's been the light of our life for the last three years. Uh, talking about, uh, he's talking about his wife and, uh, he goes, you know, she wanted to adopt a baby ever since she was 14 years old. And I got an email and, uh, saying that I was eligible to adopt and six minutes later, I got a call back on my phone saying that we're eligible and that there's a case in Dallas, Texas. And they're playing the music and stuff in the background. And they say two days later, they're on the phone. You know, we're on the phone with the birth mom. And a day and a half later, we were in Texas and we spent three weeks in a hotel until the paperwork went through with our beautiful son, Hap. And he's done nothing but enrich our lives and move and and move their lives, you know, our lives further. And it gives me a new sense of purpose. I then then he keeps going. He goes, I see uh, no difference between adoption and my bloodline. And then he says, I see my smile in his smile. I see my eyes in his eyes. I see my facial expressions in his in his facial expressions. <laughs> and he goes, and the masterpiece, I get to paint every single day. He start they start showing clips of him fighting. Whether it's in training, whether it's um you know, whether it's what I'm doing inside the cage. Um, someday he'll be able to see that and see the masterpiece that I created. And I pray that he sees it and he's proud of me and it makes him a better man. <laughs> so, so it's just crazy because I'm, I'm talking now. I'm not, I'm just going off of what he says, but I'm, I'm talking. It, it's like, so I rewatch it because 
it at that point I started seeing the the kid and everything, and um, he continues after this, right? This is when I'm starting to hear this stuff, and he goes, uh, you know, and I hope it makes him a better man. Um, Black History Month is a is a month to celebrate the history of the black community in this country. And being the father of a black son, I want to make sure he's educated and he knows his roots. He knows where he came from. He knows the struggles and hardships and the beauty of being a black man in this country. That's and so and so so I watched it again. You know, I rewatched because I'm just listening to it. So I rewatched it again, and it shows him and his and his wife. His, she's white, and the son, and they're sitting on the couch. And then uh, it shows the black baby, and he's like, "I adopted him three years ago." And then he says, "He's the light of our life for three years," and they keep going back to the baby, and um, and then. They they when they when they say they they got a phone call back you can see him talking to the baby on the phone <laughs> and it's just like and then when they start uh, and then they say um, my beautiful son Hap and then they start saying that they don't see no difference between adoption and bloodline they're showing the kid and they're showing him smiling and then Michael Chandler smiling he's like I see my smile and his smile I see my eyes and his eyes. <laughs> and then he goes in the, and it starts off. It comes on Black History Month presents. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, what? And then and then the commentators come back on. They're like, uh, what he just said. Um, um, I guess he can't say it any better than that. <laughs> and I know they're confused. And I'm I'm like, is I'm kind of think I'm like, is this? Is that was that racist? And I was like, that was racist. What the? <laughs> and then I started thinking, like, am I the only one who just saw this? And then I, then now that yeah, if you look up, uh, uh, UFC have backlash over Black History, <laughs> and they got so many Black fighters. They had <laughs> the the Derek Lewis and Curtis Blades of Black. They could have just had them together or something say happy black history or something. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. And, and, and so it's like, and then there are people who are like on online, like, you know, they, the white savior. Cause that's, that's what they do a lot of times too, is they have these movies and they have these things where they're like the white savior. What, what was that movie with the um football guy? Oh, I'm thinking the same thing, bro. Yeah, uh, that was the football guy. He was black, and his parents was white, and and uh, they like saved him. And it's always some some bad stuff that happens, you know. Like, blind side, the blind side. Yeah, like if they didn't save, like if if Michael Chandler didn't save this kid, then he was gonna be a gangster robbing banks. You know, like that's all we fucking do. Like that's like like we can't just have a normal life. If I rather I respect you more if you say, hey, look, you know, if if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't be probably rich. It's still almost kind of racist, but he wouldn't be wealthy if it if if I didn't come into the picture. But you can't say, you know, he 
uh, he knows the struggles and hardships and of being a black man in this country. And, and, you know, it just, I don't know. It's just crazy, man. It's just, it just shows you even in this day, how out of tune people are. Bro. That's like the most <laughs> slick racism I've, I've ever, I've ever seen. Cause I was like, what? <laughs> well, all they had to do, like you said, was have a black fighter go, "Happy Black History Month," and that's it. That's all you did. That's all you or do a piece on how a black fighter made it through the ranks of a white-dominated sport. That's all you had to do. Hey, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. It was hard, and then you cut to you know some social scientists go, "Yeah, at this time it was twenty percent black and eighty percent white," but yeah. you know. Samuel L. Fighter came through and he, and then that's when it started getting, it's too easy. It's too easy. You couldn't even have Chandler go up there and go, happy Black History Month, because that shit's racist, right? Like, yeah. But, uh huh? Oh boy, his his adopted son, like, that's a hell of a reach. And you need to have people that he can air this in front of, like, people to go, is this shit racist? Yeah, this I I don't know why they don't have people like whoa, Vic. I don't don't post that. You better not post that. That's gonna be something. <laughs> if it, but people are like, I just I just can't believe stuff like this happens, and like nobody's like, it is crazy that they can just post some some slick racist shit, and then they don't think it's racist. They think that people should be crying and and, and the beauty of it. And that's the thing that tells a lot of the story, right? That tells that whoever you have in upper management did not see the shit and did not approve of it. They couldn't have. They couldn't have. Think about it, bro. All it took was one black executive to go, wait a second, that doesn't even, no, man, we got plenty of black people that can talk for black people. Why do we have to reach for a white dude who... Is this white black? Is this white black? No. Okay. That's so why, why I was saying we... at the beginning. Yeah, it was it was her, him, and the and the black baby, <laughs> and and they you know it you have to you, if you really want to if I go you can go did you see the link that I was telling you about where you can go and see it if you go if you go to UFC faces backlash. Yeah, yeah, and then you scroll down, you'll see the the Twitter feeds that they show, and they show it, and you can play it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, yeah, yeah I'm looking at it now. Go ahead and play it, and then continue talking after. But you can just bleep, bleep that part. Go ahead and play it. Just, just like he's talking to his wife, even the way he's describing it, he's like, "Well, I had to think about it, and we did all the paperwork, and we did all the filing, and it's like he's still on the fence about it, right?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like. Yeah, it's some it's some undertones in there too that we can probably see, but nobody else sees it. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, um, yeah, they did all the paperwork and and uh, and I was okay with it. You know what I'm saying? Right. He was right. okay with what? Exactly. Exactly. Like not the adoption, right? Like he, I don't know. There's no way he could have. Here, here's the other part to it, man. Here's the other part. He could be a good dude, right? He could be like talking straight from his heart. Fighters usually aren't articulate, right? So he could be a good dude. His heart could be in the right place. It's just the way it came off. 
Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's crazy. It's it's that it's so it's so it's so it's it's racist, but it's so slick about it that you can't. It doesn't it doesn't really register as racist, so it doesn't get the um, the feedback. I mean, it, it we'd give the feedback, but it doesn't go worldwide as far as some of the stuff because that's not the only people who adopt black babies. There's a lot right. of white families, that, uh, white people go out there, celebrities, and they'll and and they'll adopt a black baby, and it's almost like, you know, white people are the good rescuers, you know what I'm saying? And yep. black folks are like needy, gangster, you know, baby gangsters that I can change their lives, you know. So it's like, I yep. don't know. To me, to me. If I adopt a kid, I've thought about adopting a kid. I would adopt a black kid. I would not want to adopt a a, a Chinese baby. I wouldn't want to adopt a um. I would adopt an African American baby or mm-hmm. African baby, straight from Africa, because I am African American, uh, and my family and my people are from Africa. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't adopt a Chinese baby or an Italian baby because I think to me, it deprives that kid of not only from their mother and father, but to a whole different culture and race, you know what I'm saying? And, and now if you, if I have an Italian baby and my baby grows up, my baby doesn't really know the culture of that, you know, or what Italians kind of go through and they're going to, and if they do go through whatever they go through, I'm just using a different race other than what we go through. And and I'm not saying they go through stuff, but I'm just saying, you know, it's just how, how can it, you send the kid off, especially, especially black kid, especially African American, African. And that's another thing too, that he didn't even say African American. He just said black kid. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother level to the racism anyway. But, but even saying a black kid, when, once he goes out and experiences racism and all that stuff, then he comes back home to the people who were racist against him, to the right. race that was racist against him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's just so much stuff that can happen in the future and it's like people are adopting these kids and not even thinking about the future and their, right. and that culture that they can have. And all all they're thinking about is I'm there to save this kid. You get yeah. what I'm saying? And, and they, they, I don't know, man. And this tweet, I'm on that page that you're talking about. This tweet right here says it all. Completely agree. No disrespect to Michael Chandler because he seems like a good dude, right? Mm-hmm. He is the class act, but using Black History Month to promote a white UFC fighter is so tone deaf. There are so many active black UFC fighters that could have used that platform tonight. As in other black UFC fighters that are fathers too. You could have used that same segment on a black dude who is taking care of his children while yeah. fighting in that octagon. You know, and it, it's what is, come on, bro. It's no yeah. point, man. Is isn't isn't it racist too for for me wouldn't it be wild for me to to adopt an Italian kid, right? 
And well, well, hold on, let me stop you right there. Here's the thing. Here's the difference, though. Because I was thinking about that when you were talking last. If we go out, me and you or whoever, right, that, that's black, goes out and adopts any other race of people, let's just say white. We could, you could just say, hey, yeah, you're a good dude. I'm a good dude. The, the bottom line is police aren't hunting white people to the extent that they're hunting black people. The system isn't set up for white dudes to fail like it is set up for black dudes to, for black dudes to fail. Right. So, yeah, we will be in a good spot. You could totally look at us and go, yeah, objectively, you're a good person. But the system isn't set up like that. So now you have this white dude who goes in and is Sandra Bullock. He has like four black kids. Any other white celebrity who adopts black kids, they have this hero complex that even if, even if, I'm going to play devil's advocate, even if they have the best intentions, they still come off as wrong. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. It, that's why I say it's, it. And then the bad part is it's in, it's in somebody's home, so you don't see how they're raising that baby. So if right. I go and I adopt an Italian baby and I want to teach my baby about a now all my family is black or African-American. You know, I hate to use the word black, but either way, all my family is that. So I'm bringing my Italian baby, pure Italian. I'm just using the race so I can make it make sense to my house and meet my family. He doesn't see none of his people. Right. So yeah. if I teach him about Italian being Italian, I have to teach it from my mental standpoint. So my mental standpoint might be the reason I say Italians because I, I watched I used to watch a lot of Italian uh, gangster shows. Mm-hmm. And this is how racist can get because me just saying this to a, an Italian person listen to. Oh, man, he's saying all all Italians are gangster mafias. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. imagine me teaching my kid about that. Like, you know, your your family loves pasta and linguine and and um you know they <laughs> and they say mama mia and they and they are gangsters and and they wear their hair slipped back how racist is that exactly exactly so how do you how do you teach your kid your black kid about culture without being racist you know your family wears these uh these uh dashikis and these uh these <laughs> and and these hats <laughs> and you're and, and you know they're in these low income housing areas and and uh, they're gangsters and they listen to rap and they and 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 they're hoodlums i mean how do you how do you how do you teach it exactly and then they exactly. bring them to their family and they're all white too even if even if even if you're like raising them in this, you know, everybody's equal. He's going to see this in the media. He's going to see it somewhere where his, his people or people, the way he looks, the people that look the way he looks are treated differently yeah. in the media, in movies, in everyday life. So how do you explain that objectively? You can't go, you, there's no way you can go, well, you're an individual and the actions that you do have consequences and, you're, this is the way it is. Society doesn't look at you like that. American society will not look at you like that. Yeah. They look at a black dude and they have their assumptions. They look at a white dude, they have their assumptions. Yeah. So it's like, 
know. Yeah, they they say they say, oh, we don't see color. You see color because you say color. Nobody. Okay. That's the racist thing too. People say like, okay, you know, I got a friend. You know, his name is Bob. I got another friend. His name is Dante. I got another friend. His name is. That's that's the correct way of saying it. But what they usually say is, I got a friend named Bob. I got a black friend named Dante. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a good guy. He's a real good guy. It's it's crazy because you know. So so if you don't see color, then why do we even say color? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That that man. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that thing got me so messed up when I watched that. <laughs> it's hilarious, though. It's hilarious. It's just really, really think. Oh man! And the, the tweets are hilarious. Y'all think I'm lying about this white savior piece? The UFC just aired. Okay, bad. Let's do posted it. Another tweet. Please tell me the UFC didn't. To feature a white guy on Black History Month segment because he adopted a black child. Oh my gosh! Yeah, man, they, they I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, I think, I think people should have their own culture, and people. I think, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But, but this type of stuff, who, it's, it's sketchy. Real, real, real sketchy. Oh yeah, yeah. And in a, in a perfect environment, yeah, that that would be cool, but it's not perfect. Racism still is out there, and if half your workforce—I'm just going to throw it out there—if half your workforce is black, you probably want to get a black dude to speak on Black History Month. Throwing it out there. Yeah, yeah, that should proceed. You shouldn't even—you shouldn't even have to think about that. Right. Well, that's it. And remember, we're two rookie podcasters doing our best. Make sure and share, and if you haven't yet, subscribe. Take it away, Random White Man. Go check out the Rando Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platforms and at the website randolife.com. The Rando Podcast, where they talk about random topics that are hella interesting, sprinkled with some humor, and giving you something different to binge on. Join them and laugh today. That's the Rando Podcast, R-A-N-D-O, Rando Podcast at randolife.com. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. A ton of episodes up for you to listen to already. And make sure you subscribe to be notified of future releases. Give them a great review. And be sure to tell your friends about the Rando Podcast at randolife.com.